0: So, I went to Tampa for Thanksgiving. Okay. And then also to Orlando oh. to go to Universal Studios. Oh, fun. The day after Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, I did see pictures from Harry so
0: Potter. I didn't post any. Kelsey, um, please. Yeah, no, I, she did, that's please, true. Please, I follow Kelsey. I was like, I did not post a single picture. <laughs> and I didn't realize that I hadn't done that until like yesterday when I was taking a picture of Marge and was like, oh, I have all these pictures and I'm about to post on the internet. Anyway, I went to Universal Studios and we were... Unsure if the Friday after Thanksgiving was going to be a light tourism day or mm-hmm. a heavy tourism day. Okay. It's the latter, if anybody's wondering. Heavy. Heavy. Yeah. It also rained all day. Oh, yeah. And yuck. so it was not the best day to go to Universal Studios. However, um, we wanted to ride this roller coaster called The Hulk, The Incredible Hulk, yeah. at Islands of Adventure. I am not a roller coaster person. Nor I. I do not really do them, however... I, I did. Um, and actually, like, it wasn't bad and I had fun and, yeah. and whatever. However, when you get to this thing, they make you, like, take everything out of your pockets. Yeah. And they provide a locker to you. And the locker opens with the barcode on your park ticket.
1: Oh, okay. So you can't lose your park ticket. Right. But isn't your park ticket in your pocket?
0: Ostensibly. Okay. And so you go to the locker, scan your thing. The locker opens. You put your stuff in it. You close it. And then to open the locker again, you scan your thing. Okay. Great. Sure. So we get to the thing, to the, like, metal detector portion of the line, and they're like, sir, you still have something in your pocket. And I was like, oh, no. Okay. I'll go back to the locker and put it back. Okay. And I did. And I got to cut the rest of the line and go back. Okay. To meet up with people I was with. Um, Turns out, though, that when you reopen the locker... Oh, no. Um... The locker now thinks you're done with it. And so oh. the next person who scans their thing might open that locker. And
1: there's stuff in and it. And
0: there's all your stuff still in it. Oh, no. And so I didn't think about this. And I got back in line, and Kelsey was like, and you moved all the stuff to a new locker? And I was like, no.
1: It wouldn't occur to me to move it all to it a new It had locker. never
0: occurred to yeah. me. Yeah. And so we spent the next 20 minutes in line.
1: Thinking somebody might Thinking take somebody all your stuff. Thinking somebody had taken
0: all of our stuff. Yeah. And it was my fault. Yep. And nobody was happy.
1: But was it fine?
0: Yes. <laughs> um, we got to the locker and I was like, okay, it's going to be fine. I'm going to scan it and it's going to open our locker. It yeah. did not. It opened a different locker. And I was like, ooh. And so there was an attendant there. Uh-huh. And I I got her attention. And I was like, Alyssa, <laughs> I made a Made a mistake. <laughs> made a mistake. <laughs> and she's like, okay, what happened? And I... Explained it to her, and she was like, Okay, that's fine. I I'm can, sure I that can open it. All the time. And that's what I said. Like, like, because it's a terrible system, right? Yeah. Like, that is not a good system, because right. how many people have to exit the line to go put something back in the locker per day? Yeah. has to be in the hundreds, right? Yeah. Like, there's no way. You are not
1: the first person to make this error. I am not the first
0: person to make that error, and they need to figure that out.
1: Yeah, I'm shocked Or at
0: least that. tell, like, there should be a thing that says, good for one use only, Yeah. and that's it. Or, like, it flashes red when you open it, it saying, have... take your stuff. Right. Like, it doesn't make any sense. No. And so, it all worked out.
1: But you had 20 minutes probably of some tension.
0: Of some real tension. (laughs) Welcome to episode 148 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen and it is December.
1: And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia.
0: Since it's December. Yeah. We are going to talk about the books we read in November. Yes. But before that, let's talk about Some other things coming up in December.
1: So anybody who lives in Thomasville or even around Thomasville, Mm -hmm. I think, knows about Victorian Christmas. I think they should. Um, It is really a lovely celebration. And this year, I think it's going to be even more nostalgic and kind of magical. Um, Thomasville in its heyday was, I don't know, how would you describe Thomasville? Like this kind of touristy... Basically, the Victorian era was like Thomasville's Time to Shine
0: kind of thing. It was this, like, northern industrialist playground. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's that's beautiful. (laughs) Um, And so, Victorian Christmas is kind of a celebration of that. And over the past few years, it has become huge. Enormous. Uh, I can't even remember the total number of people, but this very large... uh, town event. And this year they're really bringing back a lot of those Victorian elements. Mm-hmm.
0: So the they street fair elements. Yeah, yeah,
1: so they're trying to keep the food more Victorian feeling. They're really they're doing this really cool um kind of moving picture show at the municipal auditorium in town. So it's going to feel I think even more special than the past few years. Mm-hmm. Like the city of Thomasville has tried really hard to kind of get back to its roots. And what made the celebration so special, for for years even before it became this huge regional event.
0: Right, it's something to see for sure.
1: It is, and you and I are not from here no, originally. We are not. And I don't know if you'll recall, but when uh-huh. when we first were working here, Rebecca, who used to work for uh, for the bookshelf, um, she just had so many opinions about Victorian Christmas, and like what they've a,
0: changed and what they've kept yeah,
1: the same. It's a big. It's a big deal for a lot of people. Right. And I think it's a big deal both for the people of our town, but it's also a really big deal for tourists who plan their Christmas vacations and celebrations around Victorian Christmas.
0: And so let's talk dates. It's on December 14th and 15th, which is a Thursday and Friday. That's right. It begins in the evening.
1: 6 to 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's free. Mm -hmm. So the only costs you're going to have are like if you want to buy food or if you want to do, I hope, some shopping at our local shops. Great time to shop. Um, But... Everything is free, including the picture show, mm-hmm. entertainment at the amphitheater, like there will be concerts. And people
0: in costumes. Oh yeah,
1: people in Victorian garb. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... Is it, it
0: like an ice queen, a snow queen, something? I think they
1: decided Did to... Did they
0: phase her out? Yeah,
1: they decided to phase the snow queen out, but instead you're going to have like Saint Nick instead okay, of... that's great. Yeah, instead because of the traditional like mall Santa I Claus. I mean,
0: to be totally honest, the snow queen is terrifying. <laughs> I'm not a big fan, so I'm glad. Yeah,
1: so that goes back to they're really trying to kind of m- move the event into a true Victorian direction. Cool. Um, so it's just been, it's it's supposed to be this really authentic look at Thomasville. They're going to be horse-drawn carriages. There always are kind of taking people around Thomasville, around the downtown area, Um we of course want folks to get a jump on holiday shopping. Mm-hmm. It's a huge night for us. We've right. been open oh, yeah. every year. It's a big deal. People um, climb
0: over chairs to yeah. get to the bathroom.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a it, it's a it's a big deal in Thomas I Just can't stress that enough.
0: So where can people go to learn more information?
1: Okay, so they need to go to first of all actually Facebook and Instagram um so Facebook downtown thomasville and Instagram at thomasville ga um they do a great job of updating right. those but if you just want a little bit more basic information. You can go to thomasvillega.com They have a really great map this year Mm -hmm. um, that I really appreciate because you and I both know people come in the bookshelf all the time wanting to know where where things are and this map is really useful. All the food is now going to be in one place. Um, The entertainment is all going to be in one place. The flow of the event I think is going to be so much better and you can find all of that information on thomasvillega.com We have said before but many people come to like make a weekend of Mm -hmm. it they stay for a couple of nights and if that's the case um, definitely consider staying at the paxton um, and our local hotels and Mm -hmm. um, airbnbs uh, to make a full weekend of victorian christmas
0: that's december 14th and 15th
1: 6 to 9 p.m 6 to 9
0: p.m okay so reading recap day
1: hooray Um, it's
0: been a busy month which we say every month but it's especially true in november
1: it really is and like we haven't seen each other no we haven't
0: seen each other in like two weeks yeah which is um, weird. It's super weird, because um, I was traveling for Thanksgiving, Yeah. and the week before that I was in Charleston, and yeah. two weeks before that I was in Atlanta. Yeah. I've just been gone.
1: Yeah. Like it's every just been a weird November. season for you, and then at the bookshelf, it has been crazy. I don't even think you and I have talked about this specifically. No,
0: we haven't talked about business at all. But
1: Friday was Black Friday, uh-huh. and we did awesome. We did Good. about the same as last year, but last year was huge. Right. Like, so... It was great to even... I didn't think we were going to be able to match those sales. And then Small Business Saturday, we doubled. And we doubled last year? Yeah. Oh, and I'm so it crying. was... Bananas. <laughs> yeah. I My favorite... Um, well, I don't know if I should save this for the end. I'll go ahead and say it. One of my favorite moments was literally there was a line to the middle of the store for a large portion of the morning and afternoon, both Friday and Saturday, and... Um, One of our regular customers, actually Sterling's dad, former employee Sterling, his dad came in on Friday and Saturday and kind of saw us in that state. And Saturday, he, I was walking around like a crazy person and, and he, he was like, it's busier than Lowe's in here. And I was like, "High praise."
0: Busier than Lowe's. I'll take it. I love that. Uh,
1: So yeah, so it's just been kind of chaos here as well.
0: As you can kind of hear in the background. Yeah, there's uh, somebody here all the time. There's some children. Um, so it's been weird in terms of trying to read. Um,
1: it has. And I've, I've God.
0: been reading for class, um, but otherwise I listened to one book on my way to and from Atlanta. Okay. And that's all I
1: got. And I listened to, no, I read four books, but reading is not my default right now.
0: Yeah. And it can't be.
1: No, and not even TV is my default. Mm. Just sleep. I'm just tired. Yeah. <laughs>
0: just Yeah, tired. no, I, I understand that. So I'm
1: reading a little bit before bed every night. Um, we can talk about that with one of the books I finished in November. But um, there, the truth is, it's just a hard time of year. My book club has a book that we're supposed to read by next week, and it's not going to happen. Right. Like, I just...
0: Oh, one of the books that I was supposed to teach this month, I just didn't read. Yeah. Um... I did one day of discussion where I, the instructor, read the spark notes, so I don't know what the students did, and then I canceled the next day of class because I was like, I don't have time to read this book right now. Yeah. Ugh.
1: Yeah, and so and I think most people understand that. Yeah. I feel like many people, this is their busy time of year, it's hectic, there's Christmas parties and holidays, mm-hmm. holiday goings on, um, but here it's also just really busy and great, um, but also stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in my old life, I think I responded to stress by reading, but in my new life, yeah. reading is such a big part of my job that that's not how it doesn't, I...
0: It It's not a, a fun activity no. anymore. It becomes it, work. Yeah. It's yep. not
1: how I de-stress. Especially when I'm looking at literally three stacks in my home, two stacks in my office mm-hmm. of ARCs. Yep. So basically, I read four books. It is what it is. That's fine. That's fine.
0: Um... So let's go through those. What was the first one you read?
1: Okay, so the first one was an ARC that our wonderful Penguin Rep, uh, Virginia, sent our way, Mm -hmm. probably because she listens to the podcast. Uh It's called Bachelor Nation, and it's by Amy Kaufman. Um, Amy, I believe, is a TV reviewer and writer for the LA Times. Mm -hmm. And she previously would recap Bachelor episodes until ABC asks that she not. Oh, my. Uh, So, like, she used to attend tapings of, like, After the Final Rose Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but she occasionally would be a little critical, and ABC doesn't like when people are critical (laughs) of their franchise. Sure. So, anyway, she has written this really interesting look, I think, at reality TV in general. Now, it's all about The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. It doesn't cover any other reality TV shows, but the truth she mentions and writes about are, to me, for all of reality television, and kind of speak to culture as a whole and how reality has TV has affected mm-hmm. um, us, both as TV watchers and viewers, but also just as people. Um, again, I try really hard on here to be careful, but politics aside, we have a president who was on reality TV. Correct. And reading Bachelor Nation through the through the lens of that is really interesting because she talks about... What producers kind of prompt you to say and, and how many, how often once you become used to reality TV, like, you have to say the same thing over and over again. And so, to me, our president's speech patterns kind of match Absolutely. the things he was taught yeah. on reality TV. So, anyway, it's got some really interesting stuff about The Bachelor. I have read... God, I started, like, Andy Dorfman's uh-huh. book. It was terrible. Like, Did I'm, you read
0: Chris Harrison's book ever? I,
1: no. Like, you gotta draw the line somewhere. <laughs> the perfect letter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this, I wasn't sure, mm-hmm. but it's written by a TV critic. Right. And so it's journalistic. Um, she's done some really great interviews with previous contestants, although many previous contestants are still under contract right. and can't, right. couldn't talk to her. Um, but... I mean, some of it was absolutely horrifying to the point where, truthfully, I'm. I'll be interested to know if I can watch The Bachelor in January. Yeah,
0: I didn't watch any of the like Paradise stuff. Um, After all I, that, I barely. I don't think I even watched the finale of, of. Who's Rachel. Season, Rachel's season. Rachel's, I was
1: like, whose season was it even? Um,
0: I really just lost all interest.
1: Yeah, I. I'm curious because The Bachelor is Ari, mm-hmm. and I watched Emily Maynard's mm-hmm. season. Like, that was the first, like, ep- season I really got into, I mm-hmm. guess. But I'm very intrigued by this idea to go back
0: So many several years. years like five years. Yeah,
1: for a Bachelor contestant, or for a Bachelor. Um,
0: I mean, Peter was obviously not going back.
1: He wasn't going to do it. No. And good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because the more, the more I read about this book, I mean, some stuff I already knew, you know, and you and I have talked about it before, no Bachelor spoilers, I think everybody knows at this point, but like, producers pretty much pick all the contestants, except really the top three, uh-huh. and that those really are chosen by The Bachelor or Bachelorette, but she talked a lot, and did some really interesting interviews with early Bachelor, Bachelor. Before they kind of
0: figured out the formula. Exactly. Right.
1: And, and the parts I found most fascinating were less contestant stuff and more about produce, producers and the production of the show. Yeah. Um, Mike Fleiss, like, where he right. came from. I got to say, guys, what a skis. <laughs> like, I, like, what... He, I think those parts are the reason I'm going to have to see if I can watch it in January, because hearing... What they do... What was that Lifetime show? I really liked the first season. Unreal. Sounds very realistic. We'll just put it at that. Unreal looks very realistic.
0: I mean, it was made by a former Bachelor producer, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, anyway, if you are at all intrigued by by reality television, by television criticism, um, or if you are just a fan of The Bachelor, I'm not sure what overlap is between uh, readers and Bachelor watchers.
0: I mean... We're in that Venn diagram, so I imagine other people are, too. Yeah,
1: but this is really great. It's not coming out. It, this was in ARC. I don't remember when it's coming out. I'll March. It in the notes. Yeah, I think it's in March, which is a shame. Yeah. I wish it could come out in January alongside the season. but. Oh, yeah, that'd be um, great.
0: But maybe it'll be just wrapping up.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, uh, Bachelor Nation by Amy Kaufman. Worth your time if those are things you're at all interested in.
0: What's your next one?
1: Uh, my next one is was actually a recommendation from a podcast listener. It's called Stranger Beside Me. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is the Ted Bundy story. Ah, yes. By Ann Rule. Apparently this is like... Okay, it's the true crime book. It's written by Ann Rule. It's hefty. Yeah. Like, it's like 500. I don't know. Maybe even more than that. Did
0: I just imagine that you were reading like this... Like, mass-market paperback? I was. Okay.
1: I never read mass-market paperbacks.
0: Because they're awful. (laughs)
1: Because they are awful. Um, But that's, like, the only... This doesn't come in a regular paperback anymore, because it's it's several years old. old. But interestingly, I mean, it took me forever to get to the meat of the book, because Anne ruled she died a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. but she had written so many um, author's notes and editions over the years, like...
0: That she had to like, she had preface she, everything? Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Um, so it took me forever to get to like the meat of the book. But once I was in it, I do have to admit, it is a really well done true crime book. I still love, um, I think it's called Lost Girls. Um, one of my favorite true crimes books true crime books was written by a journalist from new jersey and it was about these young women who went missing off the new jersey coast mm-hmm. that was really well done i don't know that you'd classify it as true crime but american fire that came mm-hmm. out earlier this year so this is a little bit different uh in that it is behind the scenes or an inside look at a serial killer yeah because ann rule worked with ted bundy when he was just ted bundy like before he was famous ted bundy uh she worked with him interestingly on like a call in a call center for like mm. people who were on the edge of committing suicide mm-hmm. and so one really interesting line that stuck out to me was that she knew ted bundy when he saved lives and yeah, that she heard him literally save lives and how hard it was for her to comprehend that and then the killer he became um it is fascinating, but it is not easy quick reading. Right, and whoever recommended this to me was a podcast listener. Um, I had just read *Murder on the Orient Express* and desperately wanted something darker. Uh, I'm from Tallahassee, so Ted Bundy sure. is a, a. Ted Bundy was a, a real local part legend of, too. yeah, like a real part of my childhood. Get this, you'll appreciate this going to Christian school. Um, at my Christian high school, they made us watch the last televised interview Ted Bundy ever did was with James Dobson. Uh-huh, I remember that. Um, and I didn't realize, but at the time, I couldn't remember why my school made me watch that or why my class watched that together. But it's because Ted Bundy really, in that interview, blamed. Or mention pornography mm-hmm. as a big reason why he committed oh, his yeah. crimes. No,
0: they showed that to us in middle school. Okay, yep. so
1: I did not remember uh, really the the whats or whys behind mm-hmm. that. So it was interesting to get to that point in the like, book where this I was is like, "Wow, oh, you will this turn
0: is... into a serial killer." Right, and mm-hmm. and
1: and rule pointing out that was even t- in his final moments, Ted Bundy using the person in the same room with him. Like, he knew that's what James Dobson wanted to hear, yep. so that's what he told him. Yep. So that kind of stuff was fascinating. The Tallahassee stuff was interesting. I One just final word. Um, it really did affect me yeah, while bet. reading it. I did not think it would, because I'm a fairly... Like, I read dark things. Jordan teases me all the time. Um, but I was reading it Halloween week, yep. and I would get home at around 4 in the afternoon and read for about an hour before cooking dinner. And... Literally three days in a row, this never happens. Now, one day it was Halloween, but somebody sure. knocked on my door at 5 great. p.m. I jumped because I thought, Ted Bundy's at my door. Yep. Um, but it was this very large, too old to be trick-or-treating young man, not with a trick-or-treat bag.
0: That's scary. And it
1: was scary, legitimately yeah. scary. And then then the next two days, somebody knocked and left, like left my front door. Why? Yeah. I still don't know. That's
0: really scary. So
1: anyway, it's legitimately this the I think person. It was, Sterling. <laughs> was my neighbor Sterling. Uh, this person who recommended this to me was like, Oh, don't read it at night or whatever. And I really was kinda like, like ha, ha, whatever. Oh, uh, I laugh in the face <laughs> of danger. Yes. But I do understand now. It it is not for the faint of heart and it is very specific to his crimes and and it's horrifying. Yeah. I mean um, I
0: spent three hours a couple weeks ago reading the John Wayne Gacy Wikipedia article <sighs> because it like somebody linked it and something else I was reading and I was like oh let me look at this like and, yeah. I, and I've read about him before yeah. but then I just got sucked in and I had to like read
1: serial killers do end. suck I know. you in um, so their stories are so fascinating
0: if you just watch Mindhunter and want another serial killer fix maybe pick up this yeah. slightly older book The yeah. Stranger Beside Me
1: yeah what next Okay, I also read another backlist title. This never happened. But I was done with Stranger Beside Me, and I was feeling rebellious. And I was like, I'm not going to read any ARCs. I'm going
0: to read something old. I'm going to
1: read something old. So I read Loving Frank. Have you heard of this? Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's by Nancy. I believe her last name is Horan. H-O-R-A-N. Not sure how to pronounce it. Anyway, book clubs love this book. This is one of those books that came out probably while I was in college or right after college, and it just missed me a little bit. Like, um... But it is still beloved by readers. And so I picked up a copy when I was at a bookstore in New Orleans at Mm Siba. It's just one of those backlist titles that I knew I would want to read eventually but had never had a reason. So I bought it at Siba, and then saw it on my shelf after reading Ted Bundy and was like, that's what I want to read. So it is the fictional retelling of uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh. The Frank... It's not even the Frank Lloyd Wright story, but have you heard Gilmore Girls references uh-huh. this, where Frank Lloyd Wright had an affair yes. with this woman, Mima
0: um, Borthwick. Yes. Yeah,
1: and then she got gets murdered to yeah. death. Yeah.
0: That's Hallie Essens. Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay, so it's all about that.
0: Okay. Cool. Uh, I want to read that. You
1: would like it now that I see your the look on your yeah, face. No, yeah. No, I
0: love Frank Lloyd Wright. Okay,
1: so I was a newbie, like knew nothing except for. Um, the basic premise and I had heard Gilmore girl like in my regular rewatching it finally occurred to me oh loving Frank is that story like so finally putting two to get two and two together I read this book it is really well done. I think it is very historically accurate. I think she really tried hard I mean it's fiction but right. she tried hard to do her research. Um, it was fascinating to me. I knew nothing about Frank Lloyd Wright. There's a Frank Lloyd Wright house in Tallahassee. There is. Have you been?
0: I haven't, and I've been talking about it for like five years. Yeah,
1: so I mentioned that I was reading this book at the last Stitches and Stories, and all the women around me were like, oh my gosh, that book is so good. And several of them are from Tallahassee, and they were like, you've got to go see the Frank Lloyd Wright uh, house in Tallahassee. Let's go. So, yeah, so I just had, I knew who Frank Lloyd Wright was, but I didn't really know a lot about him. She paints, the author paints a really fascinating picture of him not like in rose colored glasses but mm-hmm. just really who he was because oh,
0: he's flawed yes very interesting very
1: eccentric yeah um and then i have a couple of friends who don't and i understand they don't love to read books about infidelity sure. and this there were parts of this that were infuriating to me yeah. because as feminist e as eileen i could not fathom a woman leaving her children right Um, And because divorce back then was very messy, messy, she had to leave and basically abandon her Mm -hmm. husband for two years, which meant then abandoning her children for two years. And so she lived in Europe with Frank Lloyd Wright. And I just was infuriated at her. It, It just, it bugged me to no end. But I also liked that these were two flawed people who really which I do believe we're in love with each other, and Mm -hmm. it was really interesting. So um, if you are like me and somehow this book missed you, uh, Loving Frank is worth the praise Mm. it received. It's really good, and if you're in the mood for historic fiction, then pick this one up from your library or buy a paperback copy at your local indie. Um, it's really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, historical spoilers, she gets murdered and then the house gets burned down. Yeah. Uh, but not by Frank Lloyd Wright. Right. He just wasn't there at the time. That's And what's... she hosted a dinner party and that... everybody died. Yeah,
1: It it is fascinating. People who watch Gilmore Girls will know the scene I'm talking about. Because Lorelai pretty much tells the whole story. And I will totally be honest with you. I always thought, that's not real. Oh, it's real. But it's real. And it is what Loving Frank is all about. It's really good.
0: That's super cool. Okay, what's your last one?
1: Okay, I got thoughts. My last one is called Rosy Colored Glasses. I do not remember the author's names. Uh, Chris, maybe you can find it. I will have it in the notes. Show notes, because this is an ARC. I think this book comes out in January February. It's got this bright pink cover. I picked it up at SEBA. Okay. It's hard for me to know how to talk about books I didn't love.
0: Right.
1: I didn't love this one. Okay. But I always want to preface with, I think somebody probably really will. Here's my thing. This book... From the outside look, I think I had in my head like Rosie Project. I think right. honestly, because of the title, the, the title. Um, but I knew it was about a young girl and her mom, and her mom is like this fun, eccentric, vibrant woman, but clearly struggles with depression, uh-huh. and and how those bouts of high mani- mania also result in low lows and it affects how she raises her children. Um I wanted to love this book particularly about halfway through I did not love this book. Mm-hmm. And so I flipped and in the front there was a note from the author. And then I realized that some of the book was slightly autobiographical and then I thought, oh, like th- it really made me want to give the book a second chance kind of thing. And I, I'm curious about with you if there are books that you've read where the author's note kind of changes your mind. Um, I don't think so. The, I feel like the author's note often enhances what I'm already feeling. So I mentioned this on Instagram, um, but We Were the Lucky Ones is a fantastic historic right. novel. Um, and the author's note just made it that much better. This is a situation where halfway through I really felt like, I just don't know if I can do this. And then I read the author's note and was compelled to finish. Mm-hmm. Still not, not my great. favorite. I don't think I loved the writing. Mm-hmm. And I... I don't want to sound like a literary snob. Um, I think this is a debut. And,
0: and we like debuts. Love
1: debuts. Um, and I think the writing was intentional. So she she's telling the perspective... She's telling the story partly from an 11-year-old or 10-year-old's perspective, uh-huh. and so the sentences are short sure. and repetitive. Right. okay. Um, but I think, again, that's intentional, because that's what this 10-year-old sounds right. like. Right, and
0: that's an issue I had with the novel I read a couple months ago, and I do think it's intentional, yeah. because it's like a very closed-off, cold, emotionless character. But it gets repetitive and tedious to read.
1: Yes. And so I kept thinking, God, like in my head, because I used to copy edit for a living. So like in my head, I was like like drawing lines and like taking that sentence out. You don't need this. But I think a 10-year-old might talk like that.
0: Sure. But then you have books like Rabbit Cake where you have like a young narrator talking in a very interesting and fun way.
1: So I struggled with this one, but I always hesitate because I don't want to deter someone else from picking this one up. I will say this is not the light romantic romp you're looking for. It starts almost so romantic that I thought I was reading a Harlequin romance. Oh my! Like it's because it tells the story of like how the mother and father met, mm-hmm. and then basically no, I mean no spoilers. This is obvious, but basically this vibrant, quirky woman meets this stodgy, stern man. They fall in love. They marry, and then inevitably they divorce. Mm-hmm. Partly because she struggles and she becomes addicted to mm-hmm. pills, and like, none of that is spoilers. Like you kind of just know that going in that there's got to be a reason she has these high highs and these low lows, nice. and then you see the young girl. Part of my frustration was the young woman. They like a ten year old, eleven year old loved her mom and hated her dad, and I couldn't understand how you could love someone so flighty. <laughs> so, mm. but but then I read the author's note, and that's how this young right. woman was with her mom, and so. Anyway, the author's note helped me understand this book, but it's still not one I loved. Um, And because when you read in an ARC, you read in a vacuum. Yep. I have no idea.
0: What other people think about this. Yeah, someone
1: else might love this. Uh, Some other reviewers may love it. It wasn't for me doesn't mean it wouldn't be for somebody else.
0: And I was in the same boat with the one book I read this month.
1: Okay. Um,
0: This was my November shelf subscription pick. Okay. Um, I did not read it in full until...
1: Okay. November. Yeah. So
0: I read it with my subscribers this okay, month. That's it's fun. It, it could have been, um, except that I didn't love the book. Okay. It's Future Home of the Living God by Louise Erdrich. Um, part of it, I think, is that I listened to it. Okay. I'm not great at audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love them. And I read it or I listened to it in the car. I think this book has so much promise. Okay. I chose it based on its premise, based on the reputation of the author, um, she has a new book every two years. Like mm-hmm. she's prolific. Um, and the premise is that evolution is working backwards and this mm-hmm. is really scary and, and bad for everybody where like a chicken might lay an egg, but then what hatches out of it is like a lizard creature. Mm-hmm. Um, plants are doing the same thing, but also humans are doing the same thing. And a bunch of women are dying in childbirth because they're giving birth to these like enormous cavemen babies. So
1: weird. Yeah.
0: Um, it's never explained why. Which I'm cool with. Yeah. That's fine. But that takes up probably a total of three pages in the book. Oh. Um, and it's all kind of background, and we follow this woman, and she is pregnant, and we don't know that at the beginning, but she does, and we kind of learn it as she's going to tell her. Her adopted or no her biological parents, who she goes to find, and then there's a the whole thing with her true parentage. And then it turns all real Handmaid's Tale, where she gets captured. Oh. It, I don't know if the book knows what it's trying to be.
1: It just sounds really weird. It's really... But can't even be full-out weird.
0: Right. And so it gets kind of a little bit post-apocalyptic, a little bit Handmaid's Tale. It has these beautiful chapters where... The narration, the whole narration is just this woman talking to her unborn child. Mm-hmm. And so she's like talking about like, what will the world be? And actually the last paragraph was gorgeous and I loved it. Um, and there are these other paragraphs and chapters where it's just her talking philosophically, theologically, kind of poetically, beautifully to this baby. But the plot chapters, I just didn't get. Okay. It didn't cohere for me and I didn't love the book. And I don't think it's a bad book. Mm-hmm. I think it has a lot going for it and I've heard from some of my subscribers who can't put it down.
1: Okay. And really like
0: it. And I'm like, that's great.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Do you think listening to it, you said audiobooks are hard for you. Do you think listening to it made a big difference? It
0: probably did. Yeah. Um, and also just maybe the context in which I was listening to it. Yeah. Or I was driving by myself to and from Atlanta.
1: And listening to fiction to me is hard.
0: It's really difficult I think for we've me. talked
1: before. I mean, I think thought Rabbit Cake. You've mentioned that already today. But Rabbit Cake is an audiobook that I really enjoyed. Right. Um, Small Great Things by Jody cult uh-huh. is, is really great but otherwise i have a hard like unless the narration is really outstanding or the storytelling is really vibrant yeah i constantly my mind wanders yeah
0: i also wasn't super thrilled with the reading yeah and like she reads it herself okay. it is louise Ardric, and i she she stumbled over some stuff well, and, and like not she every sentences in a weird way sometimes
1: see and as much as Especially memoirs and stuff, I kind of want the author to read it. Yeah. I think you and I both know based on attending author readings and signings They're not, not, always great. not every author is great at reading their work. Right.
0: And so I think this book is probably good. It was not for me. Okay. Um, there were chapters of it that were absolutely for me. Yeah. And um, that I loved and that I reveled in, but a lot of it just didn't make a lot of sense just to me. Just overall, a little flat. Just, just overall, pretty okay. Um, but subscribers, I hope you enjoyed I hope I picked it and, <laughs> and you liked it. Otherwise, (laughs) but I swear you'll love January.
1: I, yeah, December. Can we, we'll have to talk about December. Yeah. Our
0: December picks are going to be weird because everything got moved up. All these release dates got moved
1: and nothing's nothing comes out in December. Right. And Um, so like
0: that book was supposed to be my December pick. Yeah. And Manhattan Beach by Jennifer Egan was supposed to be my October, and everything got moved, and I had to move them around.
1: And one of mine, like, came out as a paperback original instead of a hardback, and I don't want to send paperbacks. So, yeah, December is going to be quirky, but that's all right. We'll figure it out. Um, All right. Is that going to be it? That's it.
0: That's it. strong but now we're coming up thin oh, we cast our lots with all the devils of sin oh my god oh my god oh my god
1: from the front porch is a production of the bookshelf an independent bookstore in thomasville georgia it's produced by me annie jones and chris jensen and edited by chris jensen if you're interested in purchasing any of the books we talked about from this episode you can do so at www.bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop
0: And thank you, as always, to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel, and it's from their album Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com. And if you'd like to support us on Patreon and gain exclusive access to bonus content, check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. And you can also just check out our own website at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com for a full back catalog of our show, detailed show notes, and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened.
1: Um... I guess one thing that I just loved was that two or three different people on Black Friday and Small Business Saturday came up to me and asked me if I'd ever seen the movie You've Got Mail and that this (laughs) store just reminded them of the shop around the corner. And then
0: we walked into the office and found all the quotes (laughs) framed on the wall.
1: (laughs) And then angels were singing.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week.